I'm John Perry. I'm Ted Cupper. And this is Constellation, making the graphic novel. Join us as we build an original science fiction world. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Uh, John, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to, to push forward in the script. Uh, we have been a little bogged down for a few episodes now in the first act, but today we're going to finally fully get into the second act properly. Uh, so where we left off is that uh, Tim has blackmailed Zoya into agreeing to haze him and give her, give him the first of the three trials that he's going to have to pass if he wants to get into the club. And that first trial, which we've alluded to several times now, is going to be that Tim has to go out and find a tip for a world, for a novel tourist destination world. And I don't necessarily mean tourist destination in the sense of like it's a place a lot of people visit. It's supposed to be kind of secret, something that almost nobody knows about but a very strange, unusual world right. uh, that the club doesn't know about. And, of course, the club knows about everything. I mean, that's the whole point of the club is to collect these novel worlds. So this, right off the bat, is an extremely challenging task. Right. He's got to impress them with one world they don't know about, and uh, that world uh, needs to be a world that people like live in. It can't just be uh, you know, a, an empty world that was made for art purposes. Otherwise, he'd have a bag of them, right? So it's or he could just be, make one. It's got to be something worth wor- worth going to because of the culture that has that has grown up there. That's what we meant by tourist world. So um, we were thinking there could be uh, 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 we could show this by having him bring potential tips to Zoya and she rejects them, or we might not do that. Um, or we also were thinking we might see some scenes of him trying to. Um, find a tip like this by trading tips he already has, right? Because this is something we've talked about. He could be going to worlds where people who are explorers go, and he could be saying, I know about this world, I know about that world, trying to get tips from people, but none of the tips that he's getting are esoteric enough. They're all either known already by the club or not interesting or something like that. That's right, because we want to communicate to the audience just how difficult this is. And yeah, I think that is the two main ways to do it. I mean, it, it could just be in a conversation with Zoya where he offers her some things and she's like, no, you, you think that's going to work for this club? No way, right? Right. Uh, or, or like you said, he could go to some sort of marketplace world where they barter tips for other tips or perhaps currencies involved. And, uh, you know, he goes and finds that the low-hanging fruit, uh, things that you can buy or trade for are not going to cut it. Right. Either he knows about them or it's fairly obvious that uh, this is, you know, something the club's probably going to be aware of. Uh, so, you know, that's we're going to get through that pretty quickly again, because the only goal there really is to show that it's that it's difficult and maybe show. I don't know. It might be fun to show this sort of marketplace world where people, you know, exchange tips. Right. So we can see another another location. Um, but eventually he's going to settle on. Uh, the plan that's going to work for him, right? And he's going to show a little bit of ingenuity here. Right. Um, and we were thinking about, like, what his his skill set is, right? Like, what is his sort of power that he can use to do this task? And it's that he is a, a skilled builder of worlds, right? That's the, the skill that he brings into this that we know about. So we thought it might be cool to have the strategy that works be that he basically puts up an ad like puts up his services uh and emphasizes how discreet he's willing to be and basically says i will build your strangest dreams i will make them come true and uh by doing that he would be looking for somebody who is secretive um and has a world and he would get access to their world by helping them build something in that world and um if the world is, you know, interesting enough, then uh, by virtue of having done that, he would also have keys to it um, that he could, uh, he would, you know, be able to uh, give over to the club. That's right. Like, so he's he's essentially offering to do pro bono work for free, which means that he's sort of in the position to be choosy and to take applicants, right? And he's right. got, you know, a list of things he's looking for. Um, you know, he wants a world that is strange, right? I mean, like something 
bizarre and unusual. And because he's offering to be discreet, he's trying to attract something that's secretive or shut down or closed off to most people. Uh, because then, by definition, the club is less likely to know what it is. Um, really, he can't so, be certain they won't know unless it's like totally cut off. And that's what he's, I mean, he's really looking for the most cut off thing he can find in a way. And just to kind of like go, like zoom out to our whole premise for a second, I mean, you got to remember that, you know, we're in, everyone woke up in this simulated constellation universe in their own isolated world, right? To start. And then they slowly began to find each other, mm-hmm. right? Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, 70 or years or so have passed, but, um, you know, the world's a big place with a lot of people and there's, that's a lot of little pockets, you know, and some people maybe never found each other. Some people maybe never left their home world. Some people maybe stayed inside, um, you know, their original communities that of, you know, four or five people and never branched out. So there's, there's a lot of strange stuff out there. Yeah. Um, it's just, how do you, how do you find it? So he's trying to make it, those strange things come to him rather than the other way around. Right. Right. And like one of the things we talked about might be in this world that we're thinking we could use here is that, you know, there were these early utopias where, you know, charismatic leaders might've started these kind of cult like, um, uh, you know, perfect worlds. And, uh, they could be, it could be the case that one of those formed and stayed, uh, cut off from, the rest of the larger constellation, for the most part anyway, uh, for the entire 70 years. And since then, it's um, grown, you know, generation, a couple of generations of kids and what have you uh, who don't know much about the outside world or know almost nothing about it. And only the leader of this world ever, ever ventures outside of their walls. And if that's the case, then maybe that leader is the person who meets Tim and says to him, oh, you know, come to my world and help me build this magnificent thing I want. Um, we talked about it possibly being a big, crazy temple. Uh, it could be something even more complex than that. It could be like a whole city or I don't know. It could be whatever whatever makes sense. And um, perhaps he goes and agrees to do this um, because whatever this guy is proposing is so bizarre and because the culture that he comes from has such bizarre beliefs and practices that he thinks are going to you know, contribute to this being an, an attractive tourist world. Um, but it could also well, be what? a little bit, you know, creepy or sinister. Like maybe if the people in this world don't know about the outside world, you know, there's something about that that's a little bit um, uh, makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're not even necessarily kids, right? I mean, they could. That's one way they might not know about the outside world, right? But and they could, even if they are children, they are not necessarily not adults, right? I mean, they could be, but yeah, they could not even be their kids. They could just be their followers or something. Well, like that's what I'm saying is, if yeah. in the early days of the constellation, if you went around and found gullible people who just hadn't left their world yet, yeah. And you, and you say, and you just tell them, and like, they're looking for answers because everybody's kind of confused by this like constellation thing. And you just say like, Hey, I know what's going on. Uh, it's this, and you need to follow me here to this world. And this is the only other place you can go besides where you started. And they just believe you. And like nothing ever, uh, shows them that there's, there's a bigger universe than that. I mean, maybe you even tell them, look, everybody else is dead, right? Like no one else made it to this strange simulated environment that we're in you know it's just us so you can imagine all kinds of crazy lies that some cult leader might tell some people i think the weirder the better because again this has to be and the more extreme the better in some ways as far as like tim is concerned and as far as the club is concerned for this being a novel place right Um, right you want it to be fucked up in a novel way (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. And I don't know, yeah, what the, I mean, the, I guess the specifics that we're missing right now, which we're going to have to come up with are, you know, what every club, every uh, cult has, it's like weird things that it does, it's rituals or whatever. And so I don't know what the cult's world looks like, but there's got to be something really odd that is kind of the selling point for Tim. Right. And yeah. It's got to be something really like uncomfortable making you know like human sacrifice but weirder than human sacrifice because you've seen that with too many cults you know so it's got to be like human sacrifice without the cliche 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, you know, hmm. because we've already got just really strange. Because we've already like got sort of like we're building up to our third trial where like death is kind of the centerpiece of that. I'm right. reluctant to make that the centerpiece of this trial, so I almost like I no, want no, to no, no. Be... It definitely shouldn't be death. It just should make you uncomfortable in that way. Like it should attack some, you know, closely held taboo or something. Right. Yeah. So we're gonna yeah we're gonna leave that vague for now. Yeah, we'll um, have and to of do course, a little bit of pitching on that. I'm not sure. What's fun about the application process, too, which we sort of skipped over, is before he finds this cult leader that's kind of his, you know, perfect client that he's fishing for. Right. uh, You know, he's going to get a bunch of bad applicants, which will show probably in like sort of single panel for each applicant kind of montage, maybe a page long. Um, And we'll, you know, we'll get to see some strange, dumb requests or, you know, maybe they're good requests, but not ones that meet uh, like Tim's needs here. Right, so right, another, right. Yeah, I like the idea yeah. of a, a request being very reasonable, but it's like going to be boring, so it's not of any value to him. So he turns them down, and then he meets this other guy who's quite creepy, <laughs> but it sounds interesting. So he's like, "All right, I'm on board." <laughs> right. Well, and again, and it's also like it's a world that no one's been to. Maybe it may be that Tim is the first outside person to ever to be enter. Here. Yeah. Other, other than other than the cult leader themselves. So, yeah, I think it should be that, actually. I think it should definitely be that, um, because that gives him assurance that it will work as a tip. So I was thinking originally that this was going to be some sort of trade that he makes with uh, the cult leader, but I have a better idea now. But I'll, let me just spell out what my old idea was, was that you know, he's saying to the cult leader, I'm going to build this thing for you for free, you know, this giant crazy temple or whatever it is. Right. Uh, and, you know, I'm not, but I need, you know, a couple keys to enter this world, right? Um, or I need, like, I need to, like, have access for two other people, right? Because that's, ultimately, that is what Tim needs to get out of this, right? Because he needs to get Zoya in there. And then presumably Zoya needs to get someone else in there, right? Well, so, so that's an interesting question. I don't. I guess I don't fully understand how that works. Is that if he's given a key to enter the place, can he just give that key to Zoya and then as if it was a real key and then he doesn't have it anymore and she has it now? Or is it the kind of thing that's more like uh, he has an account in the world and he has to set up some dummy accounts for Zoya to use? When she arrives. So going back to like the way that our like world sort of constellation physics works, I think it's more the second thing mm. because I think because um, he could give her the tip, but she wouldn't be able to get past the lobby basically, or like whatever you well, know. They may not even have a lobby because they don't want outsiders coming in. Well, the world's probably unlisted, um, so the address is something you can just once you like as we saw. So that's just a tip. That you even if it's unlisted, you can go to the to it you can direct dial a tip by talking to your exec right that's right so like he could he could just fully hand off the address i this guy i'm sure doesn't want him to do that but he could do that whether mm-hmm. uh, and not be prevented from it but um that again that address at best might just get you into some sort of lobby area it doesn't less necessarily get you further um unless there's some sort of like dummy accounts right but the better i so so that's a little bit weird, right? Because why would this cult leader... I mean, I guess if he's really desperate for this temple, he might agree, like, okay, fine, but just two accounts, and they have they can just come to observe. They can't, like, speak to, you know, my followers or anything. You can imagine them brokering that deal, and maybe that is still a good way to handle it. But I was thinking just now mm-hmm. that since we want him to be clever and since he's building something on the world that... It's kind of like hiring someone to write software for you and they put a back door in, right? Like Tim Mm. could ask this guy for certain permissions in order to construct this temple and in the process gets access that he... He has a way to pipe people in through the temple itself, basically. And that's kind of fun, too, because they can sort of, you know, enter the world sort of as a god would, like, you know, floating in through the top of the temple or something right so so like yeah so tim pretends that he's like honoring this guy's desire to be discreet and to not share this with anyone but he puts a back door in 
um, so that like, you know, he can actually pass this tip along. Yeah, that's cool. Um, um, maybe there's a way where the people who end up visiting, you know, the people from the club or whatever, uh, because of the way his back door works, they appear in some way on the world, you know, like they have angel wings or something that is, you know, that it causes them to be, uh, a real disruptive thing for the, <laughs> for the people who live there. Like it kind of, you know, uh, like it interfaces with their belief in some way. Like if they, if they worship a giant elephant, then the people appear as elephants or something, you know? Well, so, I mean, uh, it's possible that Tim could make it so that, you know, they can observe the world secretly, you know, without being seen. Yeah, by that's the people possible in the too. World. Yeah. But it is funny if, like, you know, Tim doing this, like, you know, creates a situation that, like, blows the minds of these cult followers and, like, has repercussions down the line in the story. I don't know. Yeah, or even if it just is, like, a, a weird event in this, you know, even if it's not something that comes back necessarily, but it's just, like, a weird event in the history of this cult is, like, the time that the elephant god came down from the mountain and visited us or something i think that's fun i just don't know exactly how we show that right because it's like maybe we just like news of it reaches one of our characters some, at some later point like it's just like a sort of strange i don't know somehow news news of it could be reached perhaps through the club because obviously the world is closed but the the club members might gossip about it or you know right Zo- well the other thing is zoya might hear about it from somebody in the club since she would be associated with it to them. Well, the other thing is that how does that interface with our other goal with this sequence, right? Cause we've been talking about how we need to chip away slowly at Tim's morality. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> this is like it becoming like almost like a sort of breaking badish structure, right? <laughs> Where he like, right, gets right, right. Where each step sort of challenges his morals more and he kind of, fails each test Uh, yeah i think it is sort of a breaking bad structure in that sense um so so like because we want him to you know something messed up is happening in this world and he's you know he doesn't do anything actively to like encourage it but he's sort of complicit obviously he's built it's like you know it's it's like if a dictator hires you to opportunity to help that he doesn't take so i don't think it should be like a very strong moral condemnation of him at this moment but it should be like he's presented with um one of the people who lives in the world who is a being hurt in some way and um he could get them out and he doesn't or something like that you know i wonder if it even needs to go that far right because again yeah, he is it could like, be less than that yeah he is like building again it's like if a like awful cruel dictator like hired you to like build a website for them Right. And like, you know, it's like, okay, uh, just the act of like taking their money and building that website (laughs) is already a little bit suspect, right? You know, even if there's nothing else that comes of it or could come of it. Right. Um, Even if it's unlikely that the website materially affects like they're dictating. Um, Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that makes sense to me. Uh, So it's something like that. It's maybe something where he can't even really help the person that much personally, but he just is disinterested in help in, you know, in their plight. I guess I'm just questioning whether we, I mean, that might be a dramatic scene if we actually have someone like coming up to him and being like, please sir, help me. You know, I know it's not going to be that on the nose, but I mean, well, that's kind of what you're talking about, right? Dickensian world that he's in. Right. I mean, I think it really matters what the culture, we don't actually know yet, but what the culture of this cult is particularly, um, whether somebody would sort of please sir him, you know? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd leave that open as a, as an option, but I, you know, he also might be invisible while he's building the world too, or maybe he's the, appears as an elephant while he's constructing it. And that's what's like, uh, you know, that's part of the, I mean, obviously like the cult leader is going to tell some lie about this, like temple that's be appearing right right right, nope. right so maybe that's the way that he's being complicit right if he appears as an elephant and they uh worship the elephant then uh the cult leader is going to say to everyone like the great god uh, elephantos is going to appear and um 
you know, you all have to obey him and he's going to build us a great temple. Uh, right. And then the, the, uh, the God appears and, uh, builds the temple. And during that time, you know, uh, one of the children sneaks off or something and, and, and goes to see the God and, and confesses that he really wants to leave the planet or something like that. And, uh, you know, the Tim, who's just this mute elephant, just does nothing or, you know, or. Right. But he's playing an, he's actually like playing a bit part in this, like, yeah. Bizarre farce of, uh, yeah. Know. And then maybe if we really want to hammer it home, maybe later the leader punishes the kid because of course the leader sees and hears everything that happens on the planet. So, you know, maybe he knows it occurred and punishes the kid or something. If we wanted to make that more, you know, obvious what well, we think about it. Well, this is sounding suitably weird, so <laughs> that's a good start. Um, I could definitely get weirder. I mean, we can, these are just like the first random thoughts that, but I know. Yeah. It's so, it's so hard to get past like, uh, like, I don't know, weird animal stuff. But the thing <laughs> about, like, like, I mean, we also want to do things that humans will really do. Right. So humans like, you know, they love temples and they love animals and they love, uh, hurting one another. So I feel like, you know, that's part of why I'm, gravitating toward this for our cult design <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh so yeah that's i mean that's i like that so he he loses some of his morality in the process but he he does the job he's puts it the back installs the back door i'm actually adding that because that's a new idea right um yeah that's and that right basically gets us through our first trial i mean the broad strokes of it i mean he has to deliver the uh the tip to zoya i mean that's a scene of some kind i mean it's just right and just like how we're gonna show in general how we're gonna show him like submitting the information her whatever doing she's doing to um verify it with the club and then you know the getting the next trial we need some kind of a a device for showing that stuff because we're gonna have to do that three times and it's uh, possibly more than three times. Uh, and it's, um, you know, it should have its own sort of language or like look or something. So we should think about, about that, but whatever it is, we can sort of do the same thing every time. So they meet some space that is predetermined for this. Maybe it's a very crowded space where it's hard to surveil people, or maybe it's a very private space where only they know about or whatever. And they do the, they do the exchange and, and he gets, um, the next challenge. And really that's the, I mean, that's the big thing to talk about today. Right. I mean, we just did, uh, yeah. I mean, that's like, now we're up to like the, what the second trial is, right. Which I think we want to, like, we don't know exactly what that's going to be yet. We have some like general ideas but we were just going to sort of start to talk through that for right the rest so of this we've episode. previously spoken on the cast about um the short story and the original idea being a kind of torture that specifically used um some of his own memories um because in a previous conception that was something that you could give access to although we're not totally sure that that works like that right now um and there I was also it, some mm -hmm. There's also some literal torture in there. I mean, again, this is a hazing process, so... Right, so uh, it's both physical it, yeah. and sort of psychological torture. Um, and the physical torture, uh, I think, has some actual benefit and purpose, so we may want to retain that, because I think, the, to me, the value of that in the original story was that it, it, it allows an, ex, uh, an explanation, or an, uh, an illustration, rather, of how the pain tolerance um, permissions work. Right. Yeah. The, the way it works in the story is he gets instructed that he has to voluntarily lower his pain threshold or sign a contract that will, uh, or increase his pain. Which, which way would it be? Wait, uh, uh, he, I don't know what you mean by threshold, but it would make him feel more pain. <laughs> he has to, he has to agree. Right. Cause like the default in the constellation is you can only experience a very small amount of slightly annoying pain. So he has to, they make him sign a contract sort of as a sign of trust that he's going to, um, 
you know, accept more pain. And then they put him in sort of a very standard, like torture situation. And, you know, if he ejects, then he immediately fails the trial. So he has to stay there and endure it. Of course, in the story, it doesn't actually go on that long because they're just trying to see if he'll, if he'll agree. Right. So it's actually sort of like a very quick scene. Like, like at really the what it is, is it's a trust building exercise, right. Yeah. In a way where they are trying to show him that, um, that it is okay for him to uh, do dangerous things with them, um, and uh, and it, it turns out, you know, in this case, that it is because he endures the torture and he moves on to the next part of the trial, um, and then the second part of the trial is is more of a, a psychological torture that uses his own memories, and um, uh, like we said, we're not one hundred percent sure that that's uh, going to work with our current conception of the world, so. I think we just have to yeah. think about like, yeah, what, what do we want the second trial to be? I, so I still like the idea that there would be some kind of, well, okay, here's how I'd put it. Our first trial we know is that he has to go find a tip. So that's a very like outward sort of, facing task where he roams around the entire constellation if he wants to and finds something and brings it back, right? And in a lot of ways, the third trial is very similar, right? The third trial that we're working our way up to is where he has to actually kill someone. And that also involves roaming the constellation, finding an opportunity wherever you can, uh, and then, um, you know, allowing the cult members to spectate in some manner. So it, it, I like the idea that this second trial would be completely different if possible and like more like it happens on one world. It's, it's a constructed experience, which again is sort of how that torture we were just describing works where, you know, this is happening. Like the, he's not like given a open-ended task that he can roam around to fulfill. He has to like be sort of basically under the power of the club uh, while passing this trial, right? Um, now it's it's complicated by the fact that he's being hazed by Zoya, and because of our twist, right? Like Zoya is not actually a club member yet, but that doesn't mean that she can't build some sort of arbitrary like pressure cooker world to like, you know, but it's of course like her motive to do that is not as clear. Right. Um, Right. Right. So, right. That's exactly what I was thinking. Exactly that. Yeah. She, we have to think about this from her perspective too, even though we're not showing that. So like, if in fact the second trial is um, physical torture, let's say for just for a second that it is, even though we'll probably change that, um, then what would have happened to her is he brought her the tip, she turned in the tip, the tip was accepted, um, and then they said, okay, trial two is physical torture, set your pain threshold, she did so, and then they tortured her, right? Um, and then we're, you know, in the scene that we're seeing, she jumps back and she says, the tip worked. You're on the trial too. Um, it's not clear to me why she would torture him. Right. Because, uh, maybe she just wants to inflict that pain on someone else, but that does not make her, you know, super sympathetic for later. Um, if she tortures him, like what good does it do her? It doesn't, she can't substitute him for her in the same way. Um, that she did the last time. He can't do her homework in this sense. Uh, and um, it doesn't get him anything as far as the club either. It's not like the club's going to care. So she's just doing it to like keep up the ruse or something. It's like a little, yeah, it gets murky. Um, yeah, I think this is where like we're getting into a little bit of, I think the, the source of our trouble here is you know, in the original story, it still had the twist, but, um, you know, a lot less was figured out uh, as far as, like, what's going on behind the scenes with this club rep, right? Because in the, in the right. short that story... that character the, was the, a little less developed than I think she's going to end up being in our version. But I, yeah. but I think the implication, or sort of what I was thinking when I was working on that story, was that... Um, 
this whole thing that happened, this like sort of like tricking uh, Tim with you know these fake trials that really aren't going anywhere, was like ordered from more up on high, you know, with the knowledge of higher cult members, right? It wasn't like like we have Zoya currently acting as kind of a free agent, right? Just sort of winging this, right? And that right. I think really changes everything to where like now it's got to be super grounded in like how can it directly help her um right 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 and 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 more than that she's basically trying to hide this from the club i think unless i mean that's something we could maybe change because at some point the club could become aware of him and she could explain what she's doing and maybe they allow it or something but um the, the the immediate assumption, my first assumption is she should also be hiding him from the club as much as she can. Okay, so if we game that out, so he finds her a great tip. She brings the tip. She passes her own first trial. Then she gets goes through some kind of like torture thing or whatever the second trial is, and that happens relatively quickly and privately and unknown to Tim. She endures that and passes the second trial on her side. Then she gets given the third trial. So she now knows the terrible thing she has to do for the third trial, Mm -hmm. which is to kill someone, enter Tim looking for his second trial. But she already knows what the third trial is going to be. So now she's already maybe as part of her lie implied to Tim that there's three trials. Tim may even already know that from his research. So she has to give three trials. Now she's got a couple options for the second one. Uh, One option would be to just make up something. Right. And it's like, you know, she probably wouldn't go out of her way to torture him because I don't think she's that awful of a person. So she'd probably just make up something, you know, uh, you know, maybe it's like mildly annoying, right? Or Honestly, make up she some... probably wants to get out of, I mean, she might make up something really hard. Maybe she makes up something that she doesn't want, that she wants him to fail. Thinking that he will fail and that this will, you know, ultimately so that she has an excuse. get everybody yeah. out of the trouble that they're currently in, whether they realize it or not, you know? So I would think that maybe if she was going to make something up, my vote would be she makes up something that should be impossibly hard. And then he comes up with some very clever way to do it. Okay. That's a good answer. Right. Cause she doesn't want to continue this like lie. At this it's point. not going to help her at this point unless, you know, or at least that should be her assumption at this moment. Well, she might think that if he, if he fails badly enough that maybe this guy, and this is probably misguided on her part, maybe yeah. this guy will finally give up. We'll go away. Uh, yeah. But so, okay, let's, let's set that as, to one side is like a really good option. Mm-hmm. I did want to say what the other option is though. Yeah. Which is if she knows that she's going to have to kill someone for the third trial, this could be somehow her setting that con up. Right. Like, right. She could hit. do something to try to increase their trust between each other, which is sort of what I was saying was valuable about it in the, uh, in the first place. Like, it doesn't have to be the torture thing, but she could just do something where she requires him to give her a lot of permissions of some kind over something of his. And then the result of it is that he passes the test. So, and you know, so he feels more like he can take a risk like that with her. And then somehow she can use, yeah, that against him in the third trial. I think the problem with option B uh, there is a is, third option. I just feel like oh, I have okay. to say it because I've thought of it. I'm not necessarily advocating for it. Say it, yeah. But there's if she knows about the third trial, there's not actually any reason why she can't just make trial number three into trial number two. Because for him, there won't be a trial number three in that case. Uh, that's true. And if we feel like our story is getting too long and sprawling, then there we go. I mean, I, 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 I bring that up more to point out that we may want to consider not having the second trial be something that she can endure on her own. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't necessarily involve some torture in some way. Uh, it could, but if, if it is one that she can endure on her own, then logically, there's not a lot of reason for her to wait 
and do a fake trial before she gets to the last one. One thing I can think of is that it is a pretty extreme thing to ask somebody to kill someone. So um, perhaps she just feels like it couldn't possibly be trial number two. You know what I mean? Like it's like what 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 would he think was plausibly going well, to be the third thing then? You know? So maybe she's afraid it's going to. Uh, uh, let him know that the that there's a jig going on, um, but I don't know. I think it's worth thinking over. Anyway, right. we can go back to your other idea, but I just thought it's worth kind of bringing up that it may not narratively be our best bet to have number two be something that can be accomplished totally internally without um, any help from him. Um, so yeah, um, right. Uh, although, you know, if she's just having him do her homework, like every step of the way, it's just like, it's weird. I don't know. Um, I, okay. So here's the thing mm-hmm. the the two, the first two versions, right? There's the version where she's trying to get rid of him by giving him an impossible trial. Right. Or there's the version where she's buttering him up to make him a victim in the third trial. Right. Um, they both say a lot about where her head is at. Exactly. Um, the second one, which I'm leaning against makes her extremely diabolical because she's like, right. Which we could justify, I think if we wanted to, by having something happen in between trials one and two that causes her to be more, you know, uh, to be more committed to doing this, uh, whether it's an intervention from your parents or whatever. I'm not saying we we could earn that if we want to, but I agree with you that it's harder to earn. Well, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying we can't get there. I'm just saying that means that she's decided he's going to be her victim and she's working towards that in a multi-step premeditated process. Right. right. That's just, pre- that's pretty intense. As opposed intense. to kind of the opposite, which is that she's almost like trying to prevent him from being a victim by getting him off the scent yeah, in the first Yeah, so place. exactly. So in that version, she may already feel like... Like this is possible. I'm coming. in... I'm in this too deep. Maybe I don't even want to be a part of this anymore. Uh, but like, I feel cornered because right, like now, right. if I, if like, I were to like tell the club to piss off, my parents would be upset, et cetera. So and I also to, like, what happens to people that, you know, leave halfway through, like, remember we were saying that like, there's an issue that the club has to deal with, which is the fact that once you get to that third trial and they tell you what you have to do, What's to stop people from immediately saying, no way, I ain't doing that, and then, like, telling the entire constellation that that's what the club is doing? So they have to have, like, they have to, that kind of has to come with a threat. It has to come with, like, here's what we need you to do, and there's some kind of, like, threat behind you. Yeah. I, I, I remember us talking about that, and there's many interesting things to say about that, but one idea that I just had while you were saying that is um, the second trial could be designed to give them leverage over the person so that that can be the threat. Like, I feel like uh, the example I'm thinking of is like something I read about Chinese business where like in China, some, uh, some, Times uh, businessmen uh, and politicians who are doing deals together will go out and um, they go to a brothel and they uh, you know uh, all partake of the uh, the events there all together um, in a, in a way that creates mutual um, uh, interdependency. Right? It's like it's much stronger than a handshake or something because all of them have the power to get each other fired. By just releasing, you know, cell phone pictures that they all have or whatever. Um, so they uh, can trust each other more <laughs> because they have like sort of, you know, mutually give. So uh, what 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 if basically the purpose of trial two is to give the club something on you that they can use should you uh, ever speak against them? Uh, or another example is like is Scientology, right? Which we talk about sometimes on here, uh, you know, a cult-like religion. Um, they uh, they have this thing where they uh, audit you, right? They record everything you say, 
in these sort of pseudo psychoanalysis sessions. And, you know, obviously if you leave the church, the first thing that they're going to do is like send you, um, out excerpts of your tapes and be like, you know, all this stuff where you're talking about your affair or whatever is going to go to the newspaper if you don't, you know, cease being a, a, a suppressive person. So I feel like it's kind of the same thing. It's like, I, I, that could that could be an interesting um, design feature of the second trial is to somehow give the club leverage over the applicant. Yeah, I mean that all makes sense. I don't know how that works, and that's off screen for now, right? Like that would be something that Zoya is going through that we maybe see in a flashback later or something. Right. Or we could see Um, perhaps a part of, but right. Yeah. So she would, she would go and do trial two, whatever it is, um, giving over some access to some of your things or whatever it is. And then, um, or allowing them to surveil you or something. I don't know. And then, um, they would say to her, okay, this is what trial three is. It's a murder. Uh, and she's like, fuck no, I don't want to do a murder. And they're like, well, you know, we now know about you X, Y, Z. Uh, so you probably do want to do one or at the very least keep your mouth shut. And, uh, and then, well, it could also just be like, I mean, what we talked about originally, I, I mean, having them like engineering the leverage, to the second trial is interesting if we can make that work, but they also like, they're supposed to already be a well-connected organization so that's they true they just, could have it elsewise i, I agree we can I, like I, shut I, down I, your access about, to like, what like every other important world that you need to go to uh we can blacklist you we can oh yeah like, yeah, yeah no i agree you. it doesn't have to be this but one thing i like about this is that um then when she's deciding to do it to him um it has a purpose for her because it will also expose whatever was exposed about her to the club it will also expose about him to her uh, which will sort of even the playing field between them in terms of he has blackmail on her that could get her in trouble with the club. Right. Okay. Then she. But would, that's. So that's another reason that she could potentially uh, put him through the second trial. Um, that is pulling us back towards that like diabolical um, premeditated version of her, right? Because like not necessarily I, what I was, though, because this isn't. She's not necessarily buttering him up for trial three in that case. She's just. She's been put through something that put her... Remember that he's already blackmailing her, right? So he's already got something on her. So as far as the audience is concerned, he's up one. And then she comes to him and she puts him through this thing that she's just gone through and that she knows will put him down one. And so at the end of that, she has this one piece of information on him. Um, you know, And maybe he even realizes it. He's like, oh, because I did this trial, you know how this damaging piece of information on me and she can say yeah well now we're even you know so now you're not going to tell the club you know that i whatever so it doesn't have to be she doesn't have to be buttering she can still be thinking she's not going to include him in trial three however i I, I see okay so so that's a version because i'm trying to because there, there's still something i'm trying to get back to but uh but 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 so that so that version is um She's trying to get out from under the blackmail by blackmailing him back. Right. Okay. That could be right. right. Exactly. If 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 we're going to design trial two to be something that kind of gives the trial administer leverage, that could be a reason that she would okay. um, put him through the trial that doesn't make her diabolical in that moment. Now, the, the reason I was bringing up originally the club being uh, having all this power over her um was just sort of to get into her frame of mind at this moment where at that, that's the moment that she's really realizing she's in too deep kind of. Right. Right. I think it, right. yeah, either case it can serve and serve that purpose too. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> if she's in too deep, if we want to make her a more uh, positive character, then she might be looking at Tim right now with a kinder eye, even though he's been annoying her and blackmailing her and, and be like, you don't want to be where I am. (laughs) So the reason I'm going to make this second task impossibly difficult to foil you is because I'm actually trying to save you. (laughs) Right. 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 Um, And in fact, she could even say, 
you don't want to be a part of this club. Oh, like, yeah. And he wouldn't. He, oh, yeah. he, like, she can be very, like, that's a part where I kind she of feel like she's saying that all along, though. So he might not, even though she might really mean it now, I'm not sure that he's going to, you know, hear that. Um, Now, you know, that's that's the version of her that's more likable. Um Right, and in that case, if we do that version, there's no reason why the second trial that she puts him on has to be the real one that she went through either. I mean, it can, because he's not doing any homework for her, and because she has this other purpose of trying to get him off the scent, she could design anything. Um, I mean, you know. I mean, she may have even, it may even be like, not to make this overly complicated, but it may even be that his first trial was actually her second trial and she sure had done like it could you know? be i mean yeah yeah there's I mean, no reason I mean, why all... it can't be i think like we want to maybe limit confusing things that don't give us you know meaning um so maybe but i mean I like we don't say it might be easier to line them up but yes i it's you're right that it could definitely be that there might also like only be two trials that she did like there's uh, as far as the story is concerned, depending on how much we want to flashback and show on Zoya's side, we don't really need to know about her second trial at all. The audience um, doesn't. I would argue that you and I should have a decision made in our heads. But yes, I agree that it's not something we necessarily ever need to see or definitively say. Um, I do think she will act slightly differently, though, given which one it is. So I think we should sort of have and an answer in our heads that we are kind of well deciding so, but so do you like the version okay so i mean what do you what does your instinct tell you though right like do you want because like i think broadly we've talked about more than two things but really it's like to me it's still two branches right it's the one where she's just trying to get him to go away um well right is she trying know. to save him uh or is she still trying to somehow get something out of him, whether that's, um, I mean, I guess counter blackmailing him is still maybe just trying to get him out of the way. Right. Like, um, well, and the counter blackmailing him is, is, is something that she's trying to do to like get herself free, but she can be simultaneously trying to save him. Right. Like those are, those are not things that have to be, uh, opposed she can be saying uh now i have this blackmail over you give up the fucking club don't try to join you know go do anything else with your life and i will never release this damaging information but if you you know insist on doing this i'll have no choice uh or something like that and he is just like I don't care. Release it. Do whatever you want. You know, this is all that matters to me. I'm not. Yeah, it seems like the only way you could blackmail Tim the way we've made him so singularly focused is with something that would jeopardize his joining the club. So it's kind of like. Yeah, which, you know, you know she can't really do without lying to him because he has no, you know. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's tricky. I don't know how to how exactly we do that. Um, yeah so i don't know i i uh, to me in my mind it's working best where she just gives him i mean either way it's sort of tricky to come up with but like she gives him something super difficult that she doesn't expect him to do um yeah um I mean, that's all, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So what do you think the thing could be? I guess, I mean, cause at the end of the day, I think what's going to decide for me is the specific thing. And do I like it? So like, I love finding a tip. I love murdering a person. I think both of those are like really fundamental things that interface with like how the whole world works and how it's different from our world. <laughs> And I'm going to take that quote of you saying, I love murdering a person and blackmail <laughs> you with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, I definitely love murdering a person in the context of a story. It's, it's <laughs> very dramatic. <laughs> um, you know, um, I'm against the murdering of a dog, I guess. That seems like just, you know, manipulative. That's, 
Um, just, yeah. Well, but I mean, so I, I mean, I think for me, it's just like, yeah, what, what, what could this third trial be? Um, obviously, we thought of, you know, it could be physical torture, it could be some other kind of more psychedelic torture, and we could come up with. You mean the second trial, right? Yeah, it was. What did I say? Yeah, second trial. I think you might have said third. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, if I did, I meant second. Um, yeah. So for that second trial, you know, and and also from an intensity standpoint, you know. Finding a tip seems kind of low intensity, although the way he solves the problem is kind of at least medium intensity. Um, murder obviously seems super high intensity, so I think this should also feel like an escalation in intensity as well. Like, you know what my mind goes to, actually? I don't know if this is just, like, adventure stories sort of seeping into my mind or what, but it, it seems like... I don't even know what this would mean in the in the constellation, but it seems like he should have to steal something. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like stealing is what exists between barter and murder. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if barter's on that spectrum. Well, but, like, uh, I mean, like, what is trial one? It's like, I guess you could steal like, a tip, but it's, it's just like, like gossip or something. I don't know. It's some sort of salacious. Yeah, it's of- like capitalism or something it's not evil it's, like, it's just you know maybe a it's maybe amoral or something has no moral dimension but then murder obviously super immoral um and uh, and irreversible but something like stealing is like immoral but reversible and you know i don't know it's sort of in the middle that's what it felt like to me well so but i, I mean stealing we all you have can to really do a talk about it. what can you even steal in the well in you the can all you can right? steal is information which is espionage which is right something we wanted zoya's parents to be involved in so there's could be a connection there where maybe um i mean honestly one of the things that may have to happen is that zoya may between the first and second trial someone higher up than Zoya may need to get involved. Like we already mentioned, like maybe the club figures out like anyways, like that this guy is around, but because it's sort of interesting to them, they're like, all right, well you made this mess. You're just going to have to deal with it. And here's what you're going to have to do. Uh, Or, you know, maybe her parents get involved. Um, We talked about how maybe they were involved in the original signing of the contract with Tim. So they're possibly aware of him this whole time. And right. they, you know, have some larger play, um, you know, where they're, <laughs> I guess they could be using him to commit espionage for them. It's, it, it starts to get a little weird, though, where, like, everyone's just, like, using Tim to do jobs for them. But maybe no, that's no, kind of No, 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 yeah. I, I don't think someone other than Zoya should be using Tim. Um, in, in fact, it could be the opposite. They could be using their espionage network to fool Tim. Right. So maybe it's not that they're Tim is not an espionage expert. Right. So he isn't necessarily the person who's going to do the most effective espionage. Maybe they maybe the task is to do some kind of espionage. And the way that he is able to get it done is through either targeting a member of Zoya's family that she can that's in on it or uh, or a member of Zoya's family actually helps him do the espionaging because you know they help him figure out the plan or something and then in that case he's just like an expendable patsy that they send on a mission or something um, but they're actually they're actually helping him they're not hurting him uh in that case mm-hmm. um i'll tell you what was making i don't know sense in my head right now what's is yeah. um okay so Zoya, the, the club knows a lot of things, right? They've got a lot of connections. They've seen Tim. He came to their front door, right? Right. He, it's it's possible that despite Zoya's best efforts, they're they putting just this find, together. Yeah. They just or that's some. They don't maybe know about him for trial one, but they, at some point maybe they figure it out. Uh, and maybe they even figure out that like the first tip actually was extracted from him. Uh, maybe they don't, but like, you know, maybe during the second trial when they're, um, getting information out of her, putting her through whatever, like that's what they, oh, right. Like, maybe she spills it. Right. Cause if it is physical it. torture, then that's a funny th- consequence of that. She turns down her pain meter and then, you know, they torture and she tells them, I 
totally been lying to you. <laughs> yeah, but maybe I they already about this club. I'm just here for my parents. You know, she just like tells them everything. I don't know. That's that's making me laugh just imagining that. But anyway, yeah, continue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so yeah, exactly. So maybe they already know, and or maybe they get that information out of her during mm-hmm. that process. But like after the first trial, we enter a new phase of this where it's not Zoya freelancing as much. It's now Zoya's own club rep, which I like the idea that there's this like other character that's the person that's hazing her. That right, right, her observer, because we're going to need that person later anyway, right. Because we, yeah. we do need that person for Act 3. Um, and that that person now... Basically, they say to her, look, you, you fucked up. You fucked up real bad. Yeah. But we kind of... A lot of us have who've been watching this or following this think it's kind of amusing, right? Right. So right. Uh, we we let, we think this Tim guy is is like I mean he can't be allowed to to stick around for too long because but you know let's get some entertainment out of him in the meantime. So you know here's what you need to do, and like they sort of start pulling the strings a little bit um, to the point that again maybe when Zoya comes back to give him the second trial she's got that sort of observer character quietly in the background even which then also maybe sells Tim even more on the idea that this is legit because it's like right oh, right like, right maybe she even introduces him or something yeah that makes sense um i mean that i like all of our other ideas too that's just feeling more a little more logical to me <laughs> It, it takes some agency away from Zoya is the only like downside I see to it. Right. Although I think that might be interesting if we play it right. If, if she seems somehow different and we do, you know, we can't put it together exactly why. And then later it, we figure out that, you know, she was basically reading off a script at that time. Um, that's potentially interesting. I, yeah, I think that that's cool, and I, that does make sense to me as far as like what's happening behind the scenes, because it doesn't completely answer for me what the second trial is, which I think no, is still it, our biggest it, question. But it allows the second trial to go back to where we started without it being weird, right? It allows it to be some like arbitrary physical challenge, psychological torture, whatever it is, like tribulation that he has to undergo. Uh, because if the club is pulling the strings, it makes a lot more sense than, um, you know, Zoya's just freelancing, like putting him through nonsense for no reason. Right. So they're putting him through nonsense for the reason of their own amusement, basically, which is still, (laughs) I think, a little thin to be completely honest. Okay. Yeah. It's a little Um, weird, but, uh, I, I'll buy it. I mean, it's, I would, I, it's acceptable. (laughs) Um, but I, I, yeah, I guess I li- I like the idea that they put together that he's somehow involved, and I like the idea that they tell her she has to deal with it, um, and that we introduce the observer character here. Like um, when he finds out about trial two, uh, is a cool place for us to intro that character, not to have them be super consequential at the moment, but just to introduce them so that later when we reveal them, you know, under a hood or whatever, we know who we're looking at. Right? Um, I think that that. Uh, is a really smart idea. I definitely think we should do that. Um, and then, yeah, wh- I think, you know, I mean, we're coming up on uh, on an hour here, so maybe we should put a pin in this for now. But, uh, yeah, to me, the big question is still, what is the second trial um, from the perspective of of Tim, most importantly, uh, if the, if, if there's two second trials, um, um, I like the unity of having them all be the same if we can manage that, but I also am not opposed to having the second one be, um, something that the club comes up with or that Zoya comes up with in response to the club telling her to deal with the problem, you know, one or the other, uh, that gives her some of that agency. Yeah. I think the answer is somewhere in that dynamic between her and the club and her being in trouble with the club and right. having to make things right. I think there, I think we, there's going to be a good answer for us. So like somewhere uh, in there, this is maybe a bad pitch, but just to throw it out of my head. So I don't forget it. Like the, it could, if it is the torture thing, then they could torture him. And in the interrogation, they could be trying to find out if he 
um, told anyone the location of the club world, right? Because that's something that they know he knows and that they want very much to keep secret. Um, that's true. So that and the other be, thing, and, and if he and if he in fact tells the truth that he you know he didn't tell anyone or you know maybe that's the truth, uh, then that makes it even smarter for you know for the next decisions to get made because it sort of it allows her to solve her own problem for the club. Um, right. Well, and the third trial makes a lot of sense because it eliminates right. the uh, exactly yeah, the problem. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's uh, let's let's so think we'll, about we that. So we on that bad pitch, and I don't think that's exactly it. I think we should think more about it, and maybe next time we come back with uh, with more trial two pitches. Is that where we're sort of leaving it today? Yeah, we're we're gonna pick up right here at cool. trial two. We're gonna try to not do less like doubling back like we've been doing, and just keep moving forward as we initially promised. So, yeah, next episode we're jumping right into this trial two stuff, making a decision of some kind. And moving forward In a way, I think this end. is the biggest decision we have yet left yet to make. Um, it's true. Our listeners don't know this, but we have trial three pretty well worked out. So, And I think even though act three is all fairly new for us, I have a feeling it's going to be much more linear uh, uh, than... Well, I guess I shouldn't speak too soon because there may be flashbacks, <laughs> but uh, but I think Never it's going to be fairly easy. Ex- fairly easy to figure out compared to this. This is really, I think, that the challenging decision that's left. So let's put a week's worth of thought into it and then uh, we'll reconvene and, and uh, maybe we will figure it out. Sounds great. Well, that wraps this episode, everybody. So uh, until next time, you've been listening to the Constellation Podcast. Oh yeah, thanks for being with us. This has been Constellation, Making the Graphic Novel. Our theme song is Pomona by Audios. To subscribe to this podcast, look us up on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher application. You can find us on Twitter or on the web at constellationpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.